How's it going, everybody? It is 5 o'clock Thursday evening, December the 5th, 2019. And it is time for the 56th trip down the homeward path. This is the show by me. My name is Adam. I'm a husband, father of, father of three, work a full-time job. Magic is not the top of my priority list, but somehow, someway, we still find a way to try our best to compete at the highest level that we can, given the tools that we have. You know, this is the show for those of us who are paying the mortgage, who are uh, not, we're, we're not interested in trying to make magic our livelihood, but if we can enjoy the game along the way, if we can compete at the game, we can use the game to better ourselves and the people around us. That's what we're here to do. So I'm not going to dive too deep into while we were away because frankly, that's going to be another episode in and of itself. Uh, but we did have another, but we did have another band list change in pioneer, uh, smugglers copter, I was a smuggler's copter once upon a time in Field of the Dead. Those cards don't really bear explanation. Like, all of those cards are just obnoxiously powerful and probably did not need to exist in the format. The one outlier I would argue there is actually the smuggler's copter, not either of the other two cards, because... The copter, to me, is just kind of a victim of being really, really good and really, really, really easy to play. But I don't want to dive too deep into that. I would rather spend most of my time in this episode talking about what it is that I'm about to start doing, and I'm going to be using my own system that I'm implementing as an example. Both the choices that I'm about to make regarding magic and... The, the things I'm going to be I'm going to be doing in the next year or so. Uh, the best way I can describe it is I am taking a very practical approach to my Magic the Gathering collection, and how I came to that decision, it, you know, I've had a couple of weeks to think on it. Obviously, I intended to do a different episode last week, and it just I couldn't get it out. I couldn't get it out. I couldn't get it to happen. And ultimately, I decided to, to scrap it all together. We'll come back to that topic at a later time. This one was for, foremost in my mind as I look ahead to the next calendar year. Not the next magic year, right? Like, it's not rotation time. Let's get ready. Let's figure out how we're going to go. But we are moving into a new calendar year with which, you know, the budget kind of resets, the vacation time resets, the... You know, everything kind of changes. Everything gets gets reset. It's a chance to reevaluate things. So there's going to be a lot of uh, self-reflection going on in this one. Kind of taking the long way home to make sure that I can get all of this in. Um, but before I, before I dive into that, let's talk about something completely and utterly impractical unless what you're looking for in your magic experience is a sweet and decked out playing space, which is our sponsor over at inkgaming.com. Use our promo code CCMTG10 at checkout, get 10% off your order. They have like everything. They have play mats, a small play mat, medium play mat, giant play mat, two player play mats, 
whole table size play mats, mouse pads, sleeves, deck boxes, uh, gaming cases or crates. It's like a big heavy duty tote bag with lots and lots and lots of pockets to hold everything. Uh, it's a great place to shop for Christmas gifts for the gamer in your life. Inkgaming.com, promo code CCMTG10. That lets them know we sent you. Check it out. And while you're on the internet, it's going to be like a Christmas gift that keeps on giving. Check out the content at constructorcriticism.com. It's fantastic. And while you're in the spirit of the holidays, you can head over to patreon.com slash homewardpathmtg. And if you like what I'm doing enough to help me keep doing it, please feel free to become a patron of the show. I just finished revamping my Patreon uh, reward tiers. I finally got them where I want them. So if you haven't, if you've checked them out in the past and were turned off by the reward tiers, check them out again. See if you like the new look. All of that out of the way, let's dive into our main topic this week. I had a little bit of an epiphany the other day while I was like, I was kind of recounting the, the story from the, the Discord open. I was kind of figuring out where I wanted to go from here, uh, building paper decks again after Andrew brought me stuff back from from his exploits at the at SCG at the SCG Invitational and I was trying to figure out kind of where I wanted to go from here and I realized as I was looking through my collection I said my goodness I have a lot of standard cards it's like a lot of standard cards not like all the staples just a lot of standard cards there's just a ton of them Between cards I've, I've ordered, cards I've picked out of the draft shaft boxes in various places, cards I've, you know, traded for, cards I've, I've gone out of my way to acquire. And here's the kicker for all of that. I don't play Paper Standard very often unless I'm playing it at work. I haven't played a game of Paper Standard since Throne of Eldraine released that wasn't sitting at a table in the break room at work. And that's not a conscious choice on my part. That's just how my schedule has worked out this year. You know, the extra child has made it a lot harder for me to get out on Friday night after every, you know, Friday's our catch up day through the week. It just makes it that much harder for me to get out on Friday night and go to, go to the shop and play standard. And that's not a knock on anything going on in my life. It's just, you know, getting out to play specifically FNM is just harder than it used to be. And it was already kind of hard with two kids, even though we were right around the corner. But now with three, the day the day that it lines up the best is either Saturday or Sunday, and we don't play standard. So that got me thinking, like, what do I want to do in the next year? Do I want to keep all these standard cards? Do I want to move on? Do I want to... You know, Pioneer complicates things a little bit, admittedly, but it led me to start looking at what I want to do with my collection in the next year in a very practical way. And that led me to, to start working on this episode topic. And 
kind of writing it out and you know, writing it out for the episode helped me rationalize it, helped me organize it in my head for when I actually start the implementation here. I'm going to get started working on it this weekend. The best way to start talking about what practical magic is is by telling you what it's not. It's not diving into MTG finance. I'm not going into this with the idea of making as much money as possible. It's not moving from whatever it is I'm doing now into hyper-competitive magic, where the goal is to win as many games of magic as possible in a very short period of time. You know, to, to demonstrate my mastery over the game with win after win after win after win. That's not what I'm here to do either. What I'm trying to do is make sure that I'm getting the maximum value out of every card in my collection. And for a long time, I thought that meant making sure I was getting the maximum dollar amount. And to a degree, that's, that's accurate. But the best way I can describe it is instead of looking at it in terms of dollars and cents, look at it in terms of how much you are using these cards. Treat it like any other tool you would be using for any other hobby. When you're not using it, you don't need it. You know, if the the hobby changes in a drastic way, sometimes you need to get new ones. Sometimes you need to get new tools. You need to get new equipment. Turning over your equipment is okay. And hoarding a bunch of old equipment in the hopes it becomes good again is very rarely a good place to be. And that's what got me started. It's not about the dollar amount of the card's worth. It's not about the, the, the number of tournaments I win using these cards. It's about how likely I am to sleeve them up and play them in any given situation. So the first thing you have to do when you go into this, when you go into this, you go into trying to approach magic from a more practical sense, is you have to assess your goals for the year. And the only event that I know of on the schedule right now for the next year is Grand Prix Memphis, which takes place after the next standard rotation. At least for me, unless something comes closer or, you know, chance opportunity comes up and I get to make a longer trip. Memphis is going to be my big event. I'm going to go to the Grand Prix that happens in my backyard. That's, that's as far as I'm going to go with it. You know, SCG doesn't have anything coming within an hour and a half drive. It's not, you know, there's a possibility that I try to do SCG Louisville, but I, I don't love the odds on that one. So the first place you have to look is what big events am I going to? What, you know, where am I going to need to really try to represent myself really, really well where the price is less of an object than, you know, trying to, trying to play in as many events as possible? Okay, cool. 
Memphis, maybe maybe like one SCG. I'm not going to be playing a ton of these massive events. Especially between now and then. I might get to play one bigger event between now and then. How many standard decks do I need if I'm not going to play, more than likely not going to play standard a ton in paper for the next, what, 11 months? I don't think I need to have access to like eight standard decks if that's going to be the case. So it's time to pare that down. What am I going to play the most? Well, locally we play uh, we play Pauper on Sundays and either Pioneer or Modern on Saturdays. That's the events I'm going to be most likely to be able to get to. Saturday night's the easiest night because you know, my I my mother is available if Sarah wants to come play too. So we have we have babysitting. Uh we have the possibility of one or the other of us going and the other staying with the kids. You know, they're they're not quite old enough to be in a situation where we can take one of them with us. Uh, they're they're getting there. Uh, Esther is really really inquisitive about magic, and that gives me endless amounts of joy in my life. But we're still at the point right now where the most events we're going to be able to play are going to happen on a Friday, on a Saturday or Sunday. That's just the fact of the matter. I'm not going to be going to a lot of big events. Most of it's going to be local and almost none of it's going to be standard. So if I maintain two paper standard decks on the off chance that a Friday night happens or a local event, like a 1K or something fires, or we do another like standard tournament to help out a local family or something like that, that's a whole different animal, right? The next thing you got to look at is not just what's what you've got on the calendar, but what your budget looks like for the year. And right now, I'm still treating mine as though I don't have one. <laughs> and when I say that, I mean I, I'm treating it as if I have nothing to spend. Because I don't want to I don't want to treat the any amount of income that is coming in from this show as anything other than ways to make this show better. So I can't treat, you know, Patreon or any, you know, potential sponsorship revenues or anything like that down the line. I can't treat that as a budget yet. Frankly, I don't have it. It's not it's not at my disposal yet. So I don't, I, I'm viewing it as though I don't have anything I need, I'm going to be able to spend because we got a lot of home renovation projects coming up. We got a lot of stuff going on that is much more pressing than my ability to play, you know, the best deck at FNM this week. That's just the fact, that's just the reality. That's the practical reality of my situation. Other things are more important especially than standard. So, why bother playing it super heavily? 
The other, the, the emergence of Arena as a secondary outlet for Standard also makes this process easier to do because it makes me feel a little bit less of the, the fear of missing out in identifying which decks I'm going to be able to get out of, which decks I'm going to get out of in paper because if push comes to shove, I can play those decks on Arena. And depending on the situation, if I play well enough with them on Arena, I might be able to get them back in paper anyway. So <clears throat> that kind of that kind of boils down what the system is about, right? The it's honest self-evaluation, identifying where you're going, what you're gonna be doing, what you're gonna be using to do it. In my case, the formats I'm gonna be most likely to play are gonna be uh, Pioneer, Modern, Commander. And I've already mentioned on Twitter at least once wanting to work on a new commander project, which is building a deck in every uh, two-color combination. And the, the goal with that is to create uh, either, either to push the identity of the guild that is just so ingrained in what it does that it's impossible to ignore, like... Is it with is it things is a description for what the deck does, right? Or Orzov being a deck about draining the table and gaining life, about you know sapping away at everybody. It's you know the most flavorful Orzov deck you can build. Or um, ah, I. I had it and I lost it. Anyway, so what I want to do, the fact that I'm going to be working on that means I'm going to have less resources to allocate to other formats. It's just the fact of the matter. I'm going to be starting to work on that. It's something I've wanted to do for a long time. It's something I've wanted to to figure out for a long time what I wanted to play in Commander, what I wanted to do for Commander. So I'm going to have to, you know, boil down archetypes and do some research. Am I looking into Commander because I want to get out of competitive magic altogether? No. I still want to play at the height of my abilities against other people at the height of theirs playing, you know, serious constructed formats. But I also recognize the fact that my local commander group is growing in popularity much, much faster than the, the more typical competitive crowds. And I want to be able to not only interact and, and play on that axis, but be able to welcome new people in by having a, having a handful of extra decks. And it's a way for me to show newer players, too, if they decide they want to play Commander. I can say, hey, here's this deck. Here's what these two colors can do. You know, so it's it's kind of a nice little onboarding experience for someone who doesn't want to jump in with both feet into the, you know, hyper-competitive tournament scene. So... The next step, and this is the hardest part in any 
in any kind of honest self-evaluation process, you got to make some hard choices. You got to move on from decks and formats you don't play, but you have a bunch of cards for. In my case, I bought Arclight Phoenix over the summer. I love the card Arclight Phoenix. It's one of my favorite cards ever designed in the history of Magic the Gathering. I've won more games thanks to Arclight Phoenix than just about any other Magic card. The lone possible exception being Lightning Bolt. I think it's time for me to move on from Phoenix. Uh, it's not good in standard at all. Full stop. Not good in standard at all. Uh, I don't think the deck is reliably good enough in Pioneer to, to stave off some of the more fat, more aggressive, the, like the more broken starts from other people. The amount of work I would have to put into playing the deck is going to make it a deck I don't want to play, if that makes sense. The, the, amount, of the amount of testing hours that I would have to spend just to maybe get a pseudo-optimal 75 to show up and get my teeth kicked in by something I didn't account for. That's a lot of effort to not be very good. So, it's time to move on. I have this massive pile of standard cards. I'm not going to play all these cards. If I was going to, I would be. It's time to pare some of them down. It's time to get rid of stuff that I'm not going to use. It's time to... Like, the, I have stuff for a white, a white life gain aggro deck in standard. I'm not going to play that. I play it on Arena because it's a quest. Like, it, it helps me complete quests. I'm not going to play it in paper. I have stuff for like a, a weird kind of Golgari self-mill deck. Why do I have all these cards? I don't need them. Like I don't have, I don't even have staple cards. Like I don't have the, the expensive, like the really, the really pricey stuff. I got like all the role player cards for these decks that I'm not going to play. I don't need to deprive somebody else locally the opportunity to play these decks, to play these cards, by having them sit in my in my monster box at the house. I can play the decks I play the most, which right now seem to be Blue Black Terramander and Is It Draw, uh, with a potential honorable mention and honorable nod to something like Gruel Adventure. You know, I want an aggressive deck and a reactive deck. So, the blue-black deck fits the uh, the reactive deck to a T. It's a framework that I've been playing for a long time. It's customizable. It adapts well 
pun intended because Terramander, it it solves problems through you know careful construction. It gives me the ability to play a lot of different cards, so I can still maintain a you know a flexible kind of chess piece kind of deck. And then I've got something you know on the order of Gruel Embercleave, or you know Gruel Adventures with Embercleave, or uh, you know Mono Red Aggro or Green Black Adventure that just kind of gets creatures on the board and smashes people's faces in in the event that I can't arrive at the right 75. So I've got something proactive, something reactive. I'd lean towards something that was going to stick around longer. Like, that's why I'm looking more at the adventure decks than I am the, you know, for example, the Is It Draw 2 deck. Because as good as the Is It Draw 2 deck is, a lot of the cards you're using to make it good are not going to be around come next October when I'm going to be playing more often. The next thing, after you've identified your goals, after you've set it, you know, the, the first hard choice to make is which decks you're not going to play, right? Then it's, you know, what formats do I have a bunch of cards for that I'm not playing? Modern is one of those for me. I've got a bunch of cards that I was looking to, you know, build a bunch of different decks for Modern. As it stands, I have Mono Red Prowess minus Manamorphose. Say that five times fast. Mono Red Prowess minus Manamorphose. Um, but play Mono Red Prowess. Why would I, if I have Mono Red Prowess, four cards shy of being completed, and it's one of the one of the decks that has a chance, right? Especially at the local level, you just show up. Play, play red creatures, turn them sideways, throw burn spells at the head and hope for the best. It's a deck that gives you a chance. It's a deck that wins pretty almost independently of almost in spite of its pilot at times just because the cards are inherently very good. Why would I want to step away from that and start brewing into, the, into a format that's going to take away capital from others? I don't play a ton of modern. Again, I would I would be more interested in pioneer play than I would modern play. I want to maintain a modern deck again, just in case the night I can get out is modern night or there's a one k happening locally. But modern is a format that rewards mastery over your deck anyway, much more than it does, you know, metagaming, especially at the local level. Because people are going to show up playing whatever they want. So at the end of it, why would I invest a ton into modern? Why would I invest into a whole bunch of different cards, a bunch of different decks in modern, if I don't intend to play the format much? Commander, on the other hand, is a format I intend to play a ton. Because we have game nights at the house. Uh, Gooses has com has Commander Night multiple nights a week. My friend Brian Canada of YouTube channel Cure for the Common Game is trying to start setting up big Commander Nights with promos and you know 
really make a spectacle out of it. And I'm here for that because for me, the best part of magic is the gathering. And if you can get a whole bunch of people in one room having a great time, I'm here for it. So why would I take away from doing that? Why would I take away from the formats I'm emotionally invested in to buy further into modern so that I have more choices? I'll, I'll just play Mono Red Prowess. I like the deck. It's fun. I enjoy playing it. And I don't have to get much of anything for it. I need I need to get Manamorphose. And it's not a card that I strictly need immediately. It's a card I can wait on. So we go through all of that. The goal, remember, is it's not so much about value in terms of dollars and cents. It's about making sure that every card you have at your disposal in your collection is being put to use. If I don't have a use for something in my house normally, if we're not using it, if we never use, if we haven't used it since we bought it and it's been, you know, five, six months, I don't keep it unless it's, you know, an emergency tool. But if it's just a, a convenience tool, if it's a hobby piece, if it's a video game, if it's a movie we bought, any other form of entertainment, if I'm not using it, I don't keep it. Applying that to magic will save so much time and effort. It'll also kind of introduce some time and effort commitments to keep things flowing regularly. And the thing about the thing about doing approaching magic in this practical sense, the thing about approaching magic in this light, you can still be approaching magic from the mindset of I want to be a better magic player. But you're approaching it with the mindset of, listen, I'm not going to be doing all of this. You can, you can improve at the game without sabotaging your long-term future in it. Especially thanks to the advent of MTG Arena, the necessity of maintaining a massive paper collection has never been smaller. Like, there's no reason that, that somebody needs 15 standard decks. I could probably field about six of them right now. I don't need that many. I need one or two. If those cards, you know, if there, there's cards in those decks that, are gonna, that can be repurposed to Pioneer projects I'm working on, or the Commander project that I'm working on, great, we'll do it or to building a pauper deck or two. But there's no sense in just hoarding a bunch of cards for me when other people need those cards. So my goal moving forward is to maintain one or two, maintain probably two standard decks, a proactive deck, a reactive deck, Right now, because Pioneer is our project format, we're maintaining more decks. 
and it's the format that Tim Lee is playing. So I'm maintaining an extra deck or two so that he's got more options to work with so that he can try to identify what he wants to get into. Once he gets to a point where he's got stuff he's comfortable playing and Brett's got stuff he's like he likes to play, you know, if, if both of them have got two decks that they like to play, I'm going to pare down again. We're going to get out of a bunch of stuff. The idea is to churn through it regularly to make sure, just pay attention to the cards you're hanging on to. Heaven knows I haven't been or I would never have filled up a monster box. I got, it's it's uh, four row, I think it's the, the 4,500 count, I can't remember. Top of my head, I cannot remember how many how many cards are supposed to fit in this thing. I just know it's a four row box. And in the far left row, I've got non-basic lands, basic lands, and tokens. In the second row, it's assorted sleeves. And then the third row, the entire third row is standard cards. And then the fourth row is split into cards that are legal in Pioneer and cards that are not. That are otherwise, like, it's cards that are legal in Pioneer that aren't in Standard, and then cards that are not legal in Pioneer that are not in Standard. Given the priorities that I just laid out, the fact that I haven't played Standard in paper since October, the fact that, I mean, it honestly goes back further than that. I bought the Arclight Phoenix deck to play in Standard in War of the Spark Standard. I was really excited about it. And then I got the stuff for the Blue Black Terramander deck in paper for Standard, for post-war the Spark Standard. I've not played a single Standard tournament with either of those decks. Maybe I shouldn't have got them. <laughs> You know, I had, I had some fun playing Arclight Phoenix and Modern before they banned Faithless Looting and before the abysmal release of Modern Horizons kind of warped that format on its head. But I didn't really get the, the gameplay value out of Arclight Phoenix that I invested in. It's not about how much money it's worth. It's about the fact that I got into this card, I got into this deck, I bought into this archetype, and I keep trying to make it work, and then I don't take it to tournaments. Or I don't play tournaments in the format that I got the cards for. So, at the end of the day, why am I hanging on to it? That's the practical approach to maintaining a paper magic collection. Everything needs a purpose. You know, for everything, a place. And that's all I've got for this week, everybody. I I didn't want to do, or yeah, you know, I, I wanted this to come off more as a as an experiment that I'm going to be going forward with. Uh, for those interested parties, one of the things I'm doing on Patreon is I actually set up my new uh, Magic Online account. I've, I've, I've had one before, but through a series of circumstances, I ended up giving it to someone else in exchange for paper cards. 
and he ended up selling the cards out of it for tickets. And then, uh, you know, I gave it to him. It's his, so he can do what he can do whatever he wants with it. That's the whole point. But I ended up making a new one, keeping the brand consistent. I didn't want to use. I didn't want to call him, and be like, "Hey, can I use my old account now that it's empty and get a bunch of stuff and do it that way?" I'll just make a new one. So I used the. I, I paid the ten dollars to start up the account, and I played one of the new player modern phantom leagues where they give you a deck i got to play storm and it was a blast funny because you usually win with a giant explosion but storm it was it was fun magic online looks like it's going to be promising and one of the things i'm doing on patreon is uh telling the story of how we go from new player account with nothing in it other than what they give you all the way up to where I want it to be, which is where I'm playing Magic regularly in Magic Online, playing some tournaments on there. Because frankly, my laptop runs Magic Online a whole lot better than it runs Arena, and we're still kind of in a holding pattern on, a, on the desktop to get Arena back the way I had it. So the ability to play magic online pretty important the ability to play more than just what i have paper cards for is very important if i want to keep improving at magic in order to get better at something you have to do it it's a you know fun hard to swallow pill for everybody but that's what i want to work on again I'm going to be applying this practical approach to that client as well. Obviously, I can't do that on Arena because I can't get rid of anything. Otherwise, I would. If I could dust cards on there, you can bet I would already have gotten out of a whole bunch of stuff that I've get, I've collected. My heavens, if I could dust cards on there, I could get into a I could get into a tier one standard deck. You'll probably get into like two or three tier one standard decks right now if we could dust cards on Arena. So many bad decisions have I made. <laughs> but the idea with that Patreon, that, that uh, patron content is to share both the gameplay stories of like the things we accomplish, right? But also share... The, the financial side, the, the card acquisition side, the collection management side of things. So for those of you who may be interested in doing more of this down the line, who may be interested in hearing more content like this or, you know, seeing more content like this down the line, that's one of the things I'm doing on Patreon is because I used uh, patron funds to start that account, that's what I'm going to be talking about. That That's what I'm going to be doing with it. So, all of that settled, all of that done. Let's talk about where you can find me so you can tell me how wrong I am about all of this. Uh, you can head over to Twitter. I'm at HomerPathMTG. You can head over to Facebook. My name is Adam Spain. Uh, you can head over to... Um, 
the Facebook group, the Homeward Pathfinders. It's open invite. You just submit a request. One of the admins will give you a quick once over, probably give you, give you a shot. And if you turn out to be a horrible person, we'll not keep you around. The, them's the rules. Uh, and again, while you're, while you're at it, don't forget to check out the content on the network, constructedcriticism.com. It's all fantastic. Do it. Uh, check out the sponsor, Inked Gaming, especially if you're like me and have a pretty dull uh, gaming space. And that's all I have before we dive into my favorite segment each and every week. I love puns. I love uh, the two, my two favorite things or three favorite things in life are magic, fatherhood, and puns. So, y'all knew I was going to do MTG dad jokes. <laughs> and thankfully, we got a couple of extra weeks to, to build them up. Uh, first of all, let's see how far back I want to go. Did I do that one already? Yeah, I did that one already. First of all, I believe I did that one too. Yeah, I did that one. The only the only one I have from from open Twitter is from at Steam Elephant. And it, it goes way up to a tweet by Jess Estefan. says, quote this tweet with your hottest take. Kevin Jones says, Planeswalkers are the worst thing that's ever happened to competitive magic. Games are so much more fun without them. Steam Elephant says, probably why Popper is so popular. And I said, don't you mean popular? Huh? Huh? I'll see myself out. And I was greeted with a slow clapping plankton gif as my reward for being Johnny on the spot. I also received one in a personal message from one Brian Canada cure for the common game. Uh, he was doing, uh, it was a comment on his video for deck number 508 Kazul tyrant of the cliffs. And the comment says if frost ogre were a snow creature, would its name be errated to snogger? <laughs> Love it. Love it. <laughs> so. And I would be remiss, even though this is the segment for dad jokes, it's also a good segment to mention memes in their entirety. And there was a discussion between Andrew and I about a very particular card that I wanted to play in, in my deck in standard. And we ended up settling on playing Rankle in that slot. And I was still kind of waffling on it. I was looking at other options, and I I, I made mention. I said, you know, I suppose it kind of works like a 3-3 Haste Faithless looting in this, in this shell. And Andrew had to Rickroll me with Rankle. Rankle will never give you up. Rankle will never let you down. Rankle will never run around and hurt you. Rankle will never cry, make you cry. Rankle will never say goodbye. And Rankle will never turn around and desert you. <laughs> he asked if he was coming on a little too aggressively. I said, I can't even look at you right now. <laughs> it didn't mean I wasn't laughing at it. I, was, I couldn't look at him because I was laughing too hard. 
eyes were closed. But that's all I've got for this week, everybody. Thank you again for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. If you got Quinn's comments, concerns, whatever, bring them to me again, Twitter, Facebook. I'm in the Discord for the Constructive Criticism family as well. I'm Adam with HWP in parentheses. That's me. But until next week, everybody, have fun. Enjoy yourselves. And don't be afraid to make some hard choices regarding your magic collection. I'm about to do it this weekend. So take care. We'll catch you next week.